Welcome to China in Context. I'm Duncan Bartlett. COVID has made life difficult for people across China, including in Hong Kong. The city has faced some of the toughest travel restrictions in the world, with people coming in and out facing long quarantine periods. A COVID scare at a pet shop led to a cull of hamsters, prompting much dismay among animal lovers and a lot of anger on social media. More seriously, Hong Kong still has a relatively low vaccination rate, especially among elderly people. Yet the economy of the city is growing. Exports are up and unemployment remains low. To help us make sense of the situation and give us a taste of life in the city, I'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast Tommy Wu from Oxford Economics, who lives in Hong Kong. Tommy, it's good to speak with you again. Have you been able to leave Hong Kong recently? What's the situation now in terms of travel and quarantine rules? Unfortunately, I haven't been leaving Hong Kong since 2020. I used to go on trips like almost every month or two months for whether it's for a business trip or for leisure. But the quarantine rules in Hong Kong pretty much discouraged me to go anywhere. Um, not so much because of the restrictions abroad, but more because uh, on my return trip, uh, I have to go through strict requirements such as uh, staying in government facilities and also followed by staying in uh, quarantine hotels for 21 days previously, now 14 days. But still, basically, I don't want to uh, really spend time traveling because of that. And what about life in the city itself? Are you able to go to restaurants and catch the train and the bus and so on? In the second half of last year, uh, when the pandemic situation uh, was stable uh, with really low cases, Pretty much it was life as usual. But then in recent weeks, because of the Omicron outbreak, the government has imposed much more stringent restrictions. And so uh, most people are now working from home. And also uh, we're restricted to dine in in restaurants after 6 p.m. All the uh, gyms or sport facilities, uh, personal service, uh, et cetera, are closed down because of the restrictions. Also, it's quite a strict lockdown then. Well, what can you tell us about the economic growth rate in Hong Kong? Last year, uh, growth was pretty good. In terms of growth rate, it was uh, 6.4%. But just to remind everyone that that was uh, followed from uh, two years of contraction in 2019 and 2020 because of the civil unrest and also basically you know, the first wave of COVID outbreaks that dragged on growth in, in 2019, 2020. But then towards the end of 2021, actually growth slowed a lot in uh, quarter on quarter terms. So uh, growth was only 0.2% uh, compared to Q3. And, and that was mainly because of weak domestic demand, uh, despite the fact that Hong Kong had a, a relatively stable epidemic situation uh, during the fourth quarter and also support from government's consumption subsidies, even though exports have been robust. Um, so coming into the start of this year, the economy, the, the, the momentum has been uh, weakened uh, a lot further because of the uh, Omicron outbreak. You know, much more stringent uh, restrictions have been reimposed. So how does the situation in Hong Kong compare with the rest of China and indeed the situation internationally? I think the situation is uh, kind of similar to China, but very different from uh, the rest of the world, because 
Hong Kong, similar to China, also takes this uh, zero COVID approach, meaning that when there is, uh, for instance, currently there's a wave of Omicron uh, outbreak, um, Hong Kong's approach is to really tighten up all the restrictions and and basically kind of uh, in a we're kind of in a lockdown situation so it's kind of like the approach that china is taking and also uh, we don't see a timeline in terms of how we are going to exit the zero covid approach uh, this is very different from the rest of the world so for hong kong especially given that it's a small open economy uh, that rely on being a financial and business hub serving global businesses going into China and also Chinese business going abroad. With the border closure, uh, basically it means that the city is gradually losing its attractiveness and, uh, because of the you know, lack of international connectivity. I assume that there are some sectors which are in trouble because of COVID and others which are more resilient. Can you talk us through the business situation? For businesses such as uh, restaurants, uh, personal services, including hair salons, that kind of thing, bars, uh, gyms, or other sport facilities, and also retailers in general, uh, they're pretty much uh, hit very badly because uh, some of these places, they were basically banned from operating. And also for uh, restaurants, because they have to close down uh, at 6 p.m. So that definitely had affected uh, their businesses, especially uh, the fact that uh, a lot of these restrictions were reimposed around the Chinese New Year time, which is a traditional peak season for retailers and restaurants. So basically, these businesses have been hit very badly. Another thing is... um, Unfortunately, because of the uh, strict quarantine requirements, uh, a lot of the staff uh, in the multinationals uh, have not been able to come back or have decided to basically leave Hong Kong. And also the multinationals themselves have been moving uh, some of their key personnel away from Hong Kong and also some of their functional departments away from Hong Kong. So the picture right now looks pretty gloomy. In many parts of the world, there are problems with supply chains, which have been disrupted by COVID. That's causing inflationary pressure. The global inflation rate is 6%. Is this an issue in Hong Kong too? So inflation is actually not so much of an issue in Hong Kong relative to the rest of the world, mainly because, well, there are two things. One is uh, housing rental uh, account for 40% of the CPI Uh, basket in which it's actually pretty stable uh, in the past year or so. Uh, Second thing is a lot of the supply for Hong Kong are coming from mainland China. So as long as mainland China continues its production and can supply goods to Hong Kong, then um, supply chain issues is is not really an issue for, for Hong Kong. Now, having said that, the latest wave of COVID outbreak has been causing disruptions to food supply coming from mainland China, and also because of the reduction in flights uh, coming into Hong Kong that had also caused uh, disruptions uh, to say high-end food products and also some other products, including medicines. The government in Hong Kong drew up an unusual scheme to help people through the COVID crisis. 
a lot of residents were entitled to vouchers worth 5,000 Hong Kong dollars. That's about 650 US dollars. Can you explain to us how that scheme worked and its impact on the local economy? The government distributed uh, electronic consumption vouchers uh, in batches, uh, basically aiming to boost consumption, but also to bolster the usage of uh, electronic payment apps. Um, so it did have quite an impact in the third quarter uh, when these vouchers uh, were first distributed. But then these vouchers were distributed in batches, and apparently um, the impact diminishes after the second batch. So it did have an, uh, a positive impact on, on boosting consumption. Uh, initially, but not as much afterwards. Hong Kong has a relatively low rate of vaccination. What's the situation now and how are the health authorities responding? Hong Kong's vaccination rate uh, has been low, especially among the elderly people, Uh, but it has actually risen quite a bit in recent weeks. Right now, uh, Hong Kong has about uh, 76% or so Uh, of the population uh, having their first dose, and about uh, 70% uh, or so with both doses, and then probably 20% or so uh, had the booster shot. This is pretty much because uh, the government is going to restrict mobility of unvaccinated people. So that actually incentivized people to get vaccinated. What I mean by that is the government is planning to uh, not allow unvaccinated people to go to, say, supermarkets, uh, dining in and restaurants, uh, going to gyms or sport facilities, etc. So uh, that will definitely make people feel that you know they 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 lose a lot of mobility, not being able to enjoy a lot of the acti- activities that they used to be able to enjoy. So that uh, caused a lot of people to. Uh, all of a sudden realized that, well, they should actually get a uh, get vaccinated. So I would expect the, the vaccin- vaccination rate to actually increase a lot higher in the, in the coming months. Uh, but still, I think uh, among the elderly people that uh, the low vaccination rate will continue to be a concern. So lastly, looking ahead to the rest of 2022, what are you expecting to happen to the Hong Kong economy? Are you optimistic? I'm not really optimistic for this year um, because of uh, the ongoing outbreaks and also the zero COVID approach that uh, the government is taking. So perhaps the the impact of the current outbreak in terms of the you know the the outbreak itself and also its economic impact uh, will last until March or beyond. And also with uh, borders remaining closed, uh, that means a lot of the businesses may consider uh, leaving Hong Kong. And also there's a much higher risk of brain drain uh, that could happen permanently. But nonetheless, I still think that uh, companies that want to do business business in mainland China via a platform or gateway uh, will continue to choose Hong Kong. So... Just as a summary, uh, we are now forecasting a 2.3% growth for this year, down from 6.4% last year, uh, which is actually already below consensus. But then because of the downside risk uh, from a prolonged outbreak 
and also restrictions uh, that are pretty significant. So we may actually consider downgrading our growth forecast even further for this year. Tommy, thank you for explaining this issue to our audience. As usual, your answers have been most insightful. That was Tommy Wu on the line from Hong Kong. He's the lead economist at Oxford Economics. This podcast is made by the SOAS China Institute, part of the University of London, and there are details of our courses and events on our web pages, soas.ac.uk. But for now, that's all from us here on the China in Context podcast team. Thank you.